Our message today is entitled, Lost But Now Found. And today's passage came from Luke chapter 19, verse 1 through 10. And in today's passage, we see uh, Zacchaeus. And he was a man that was very short, but he wanted to find Jesus, see Jesus. So he climbs up this uh, sycamore tree and, you know, tries to, tries to see who Jesus and what Jesus is all about. But before we continue into today's uh, message, there's three questions that I wanted to ask here today. How do you get close to God? What are the qualifications? And what happens if you messed up, that you are just stuck in sin, a sinner? And this is, these are questions that I get asked very often by people. You know, how do you get close to God? I, I feel so distanced from God. How can I get back? I get questions like this. Uh, and, you know, it's like, it's, the answer is very simple. <laughs> and it always comes back uh, to God's word. It really comes back to that place of worship. And we'll, we'll kind of dive into that a little deeper as we go through today's passage. But in today's passage, we see Zacchaeus. And in verse 1 and 2, uh, Jesus enters into Jericho. And as he was passing, passing through Zacchaeus, he was a tax collector. And like we talked about tax collectors, they were the scammers <laughs> of this century, of that century. They were the ones that took taxes on behalf of the Roman Empire, but they charged people a little extra so that they can pocket the difference. That's the type of person tax collectors were. And we can see that Zacchaeus benefited immensely because it says in verse 2, And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. <laughs> that's that's a, a dead giveaway that he scammed a lot of people. But what we see here today is a story of redemption. We see Zacchaeus, where he starts to seek. He wants to know who Jesus is. So Zacchaeus went to seek out who Jesus was. But he was short, so he could have went just, he could have been like, you know, forget this. I'm out of here. But he went out of his way to find a way to see Jesus. He climbed a tree, a grown man, <laughs> climbing a tree, um, not to chop it down. <laughs> That's a different story. <laughs> but a grown man climbing a tree to see, right? And this is something that children tend to do. But Zacchaeus, he went out of his way to see Jesus. And though he is very early stages in his journey of discovering who Jesus is, I want to ask that question for everyone here today. Are you seeking Christ here today? Because seeking Christ versus going through the motion of worship are two completely different things. Because when we are seeking, we are looking forward to something. But when we're sitting, going through the motions, we're just remembering what we need to say. We need to learn, remember how to read <laughs> when we go through the scripture. Try to hold a tune. But all those things, 
are meaningless unless we have this heart that is seeking. With what heart are you seeking Christ then? A lot of times people, when they come to seek Christ, they start with doubt. Will that really happen? I guess it's a Christian thing, but the people that I work with or the people that I'm around, like, I don't know. (laughs) So we always begin on the wrong foot when it comes to worship. Instead of doubt, we need to have a heart that is willing to learn, a heart that is willing to understand. And this is missing from not only the church, but society as a whole. We stop learning. And it's so important for us at whatever age we happen to be to continue to learn, continue to have our minds, you know, very uh, just adaptable, (laughs) very, you know, moldable, because this is how not only our brains can continue to be healthy, (laughs) but for us to continue to learn and continue to grow as a person. But that much more spiritually, we need to learn and understand what God is doing through our circumstances and what he is doing through the word. Those two things are not completely opposite things, but they need to coincide. They need to be on the same page. And this is the heart that we need to seek, Christ, as we sit. Are we here to see what God shows us? Do we want to understand what he is doing through our circumstances? You know, sometimes it could be something very silly. It could be, you know, just, or it could be something that is very, like, financial or very, maybe um, just relationship issues with a friend, within the family, within the workplace. I don't know. (laughs) But whatever the situation is, are you seeking understanding from God in the midst of that type of problem? That's how we start to connect the dots from the gospel to our reality. Because other than that, we're just going through the motions. You're just sitting here for an hour to see me talk. (laughs) And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. (laughs) But, But please... Don't, don't do that <laughs> only, you know. Uh, don't do that only. But really seek what God is trying to show you here today, not what I'm saying. What I, whatever I'm saying, confirm it, you know. <laughs> Make sure what I'm saying is something that you see, not just, ah, oh, you know, Pastor Dan's a trustable person. I, I believe him, <laughs> you know. Confirm it yourself. That's how we start to see the power of God work in our lives, where this is no longer a spiritual theory, but it becomes reality, our evidence. This becomes our witness. This is what's missing from so many churches today. It doesn't matter what the size is, whether it's humongous, mega churches to like our church. (laughs) Nice and quaint. But Nevertheless, those who understand what God is showing, those people are most important. And I remember growing up, I, went, I go to like these big churches and then the, the core members that are really praying for the church, 
they're as big or smaller than our church in a church of thousands. So it's like, hold on. <laughs> the numbers don't make sense to me. If there's thousands of people coming to church, but the people that are really holding the church together are just the same size as us or smaller, what does that show? What does that you know, reveal about the churches today? I'm like, we're, we're, we're as strong as those mega churches or we're as strong as those big churches because, you know, here we are. And that's why it's so important to see what God is trying to show us because other than that, we end up looking at the outer, appearance, outer appearances and say, you know what, there's not much here. Oh, you know, I always have to be, you know, constantly doubting myself or doubting our, our ministry or doubting our church. But that's not what God is showing me. That's not what God is trying to show you. And that's what we need to get here today. And that's what Zacchaeus ended up seeing that others could not see. Though Zacchaeus was trying to seek Jesus out, what ended up happening was he became found, right? Zacchaeus was found by Jesus. And Jesus planned to stay at Zacchaeus' home. Jesus, he was there to share good news with Zacchaeus. And guess what happened? Joy filled his home. A joy that wasn't there before, even though he had all the wealth, though he had all the money. <laughs> there was no joy behind what he had. And through that good news of this gospel, that he no longer needed to be stuck in this constant toxic cycle of not being satisfied with anything, he began to change. And this is the beauty of the gospel, where when we are found by Christ, we start to see what life is really for. It's not just for the sake of making a living. Yes, that is important. No one ever says that that's not important. Maybe, I don't know who says it, but... That's not what I'm saying here today. It's not about making a living that, that needs to be the foundation of our life, though it is important, but it really has to be Christ and Christ alone. The reason being is money comes and goes. When we have a lot, we can be happy, and when we have very little, we can be sad. That's not good for the heart <laughs> and not good for the soul <laughs> just to have that up and down. But that's how miserable of a God money makes. Money should never be anybody's God or fame or pleasure or what. It just comes and goes. All these things are very transient. They just come and go as they please, that they don't care about your feelings, they don't care about what your thoughts are, it's just come and go. <laughs> but in Jesus Christ, he came as Emmanuel, God who is with us, who actually cares about you, cares about your spiritual state, cares about what you're going through, where Jesus found 
Zacchaeus, where nobody cared about him. He was, he was the scammer. <laughs> he was the sinner. He was the one everybody hated. No one cares about someone that does other people harm. And that's where we find in point three that the gospel is offensive. Verse seven, let's read together uh, in one voice. Ready, go. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. So these are people that were following Jesus, listening to all his teachings, and then when Jesus does this, they're offended. What's funny is that when we talk about, yeah, the gospel is offensive because we talk about hell, right? That aspect of it is true. However, that's not what is offensive about the gospel. What Jesus shows us is something far bigger where even those who are following him were offended. The gospel is offensive, but not in the way we think it is, or not in the way that people say it is. People don't like it when someone who deserves to be punished is given grace. Right? If your enemy is doing well, do you feel happy? <laughs> You're like, Lord, Smite them, you know. <laughs> they, they don't deserve another day, God. You know, you know what they did to me. And think about the people that were following Jesus. Zacchaeus probably scammed them, stole their money, and that's why they're grumbling, right? Wouldn't you? If someone that has scammed you or has done your family harm happened to be sitting here in our church, would you be focused on the word or are you looking at them, giving them the evil eye, right? It's offensive. And I'm not saying, oh, invite all your enemies <laughs> to church now. It's, but it makes you think. It makes you think, does it not? Why would Jesus do this? He does this because he understands our spiritual state. And our spiritual state is Romans 3.23. And I'll put that up on the screen. Let's read together. Ready, go. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We are all fallen short. That is our spiritual state. And when we realize that state and why we need a Savior, because this is, a debt that we cannot pay with just one life. For the wages of sin is death, but we only have one life to give, but yet so many sins to pay for. How in the world can we pay this type of debt off? All have sinned and fall short. We don't have enough to pay the, the debt, to pay the bill. We all fall short. And Jesus, when he sees Zacchaeus, that's what he sees. He sees why he did what he did. Why he felt the need to scam people to find some kind of worth in his own life. He knows why he is still not happy even though he has everything he wants materialistically. Jesus knew his spiritual state. 
The people around him only saw scars. You did harm to me. So I'm going to cut you. <laughs> and it's so easy to do so. And it makes sense to do so. <laughs> But what we see in Christ is something bigger. Where he's calling us to himself so we can understand, so we can learn. Because it's hard to learn to love people. Because people are very hard to love. <laughs> you know, if, if you haven't felt it already, yeah. Especially when we've been hurt by people from strangers to the people that are closest to us. It's hard to love. But that's why we need that source. We need that resource, that resource line not to be cut off from God. Because he loves despite ourselves. He loves even when we've committed so many sins that we can't resolve on our own. The conclusion here today is this. He has come to redeem. Verse 8, it says, And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. He's basically getting rid of all his fortune because what he was looking for, he found in Jesus. That might be hard for us to grasp, but one who was seeking Christ and Christ finding him saw the blessing that others were offended by and was transformed. And not only transformed, he was redeemed where this transformation was not lip service, but he followed it with action, which matched what was going on in his heart. So it's coming to understand Jesus as our Christ, where the word of God is not just words that we listen to as a duty, but words that become good news in our lives that leads to transformation. Like today's message, find a way to turn it into prayer requests or turn it into thoughts that you can pray through during the week. Put it on a sticky note. Put it on your you know, uh, steering wheel of your car as a way to remind yourself what to hold on to throughout the week. A lot of times, the word that you receive might not match your problem. And then you might say, you know, God, I'm going to return this. Give me something new, right? If you don't like something, return it back to Amazon, right? <laughs> Get your refund and then go through it again. If you don't like it, return, return. And we do that with God's word all the time. It doesn't match with my circumstance. Return. You know, send me something you got. Return. I don't like that. Doesn't, doesn't match my vibe. <laughs> Return. Um, it's not what I'm going for, God. But that's not what's important, that it matches our circumstance perfectly. What actually matters is that we're communicating with God. It's not making God's word match my life, but our lives matching his word. 
And as we do so, we start to see God transform our lives from the inside out, where even the very questions or problems that we have, He answers in the process of us drawing near to Him. The greatest blessing is that we're no longer stuck, as so many people around us are stuck. Where every problem no longer becomes a dead end, but it becomes an opportunity to see the power of God work. In the midst of our weaknesses, in the midst of you know, situations where we have no answers to. We are not stuck in sin, and we're not stuck in our spiritual state where we were like, I'm never going to change, or even that person's never going to change. And yes, it is hard to believe that, you know, because we don't know the hearts of others. However, we know one who can change a stubborn heart. And that's whom we need to pray to, to see any chance of any work, any miracle of transformation actually happening. Because Luke 19.10 and I'll put that up on the screen, and let's read this together. Ready, go. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Jesus came to seek you out. He's actually waiting for you, right? But like Zacchaeus, when you start seeking, he'll find you. He won't be like, oh, man, <laughs> I haven't seen him in a long time, so I'm just going to you know, put him on hold or <laughs> see how he likes it you know, or how she likes it. That's not how God works. He is not petty like humans. You know? <laughs> He's not petty like us. But he is gracious because his heart has always been to redeem, to seek you out, to save the lost, and as we have received him as our Lord and Savior, to save the lost through your life. And as you start to enjoy this gospel more and more, personalizing it, what ends up happening is God will give you a message that only can come from you. A gospel message from you to those who are around you. You don't have to read off of a script. You just need to tell of the evidence that God has given you. You share what you have witnessed. That's at the heart of evangelism. You see something, you, 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 you share it. If it's good news, yeah, it's hard to keep it to yourself. You know, we're about to have another, uh, another child born into our church <laughs> uh, via Sam and Jess. And when that happens, like, it's, it's easy to share good news. Be like, you, you baby's here. <laughs> you know, you don't have to, like, go share it with other people, you know. I'm like, ah, oh, okay, fine. <laughs> it's easy when it's good news. And as we come to confirm God's word as good news, Imagine what Zacchaeus goes through. His life is never going to be the same because of the good news that he has heard through Jesus Christ. And as we hold on to today's word, there might be times where we feel lost, but know that we are found when we see Christ. It doesn't matter how far you have fallen or 
black, black, not black, backslid. <laughs> or how, you know, dark your heart feels. Um, it's, that's not what matters. What matters is turning to the right being, turning to the right source for life to happen, for change to happen.